welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out. I am your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me out on the Twitterverse at Clinton Bon. I am joined, as always, by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Find him out on Twitter at SeahawkersPod. We are coming to you live not from locker room no no more no 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 locker room acquired by spotify brandon you and i are spotify green room stars and i like the fact that it's green because that's that's kind of our thing how you feeling today brandon we are green rooming it today and yeah i'm doing well we we made it through the week and we're talking seahawks so this is this is great news you as an android user you are now here so those who have been bugging me saying i want to be part of locker room slash green room, but I'm an Android user. How do I get in? You can do it now. You can go to, you can go to the old address, but you know, you can go to Spotify's green room, download the app and you can be a part of the show. Yeah. And just a couple of things I learned today uh, that are about this app. I learned a lot today, Brad. Today was a pretty big day for me. I tied my shoes. It was real nice, but I learned some things about the app today. So it's not, it's not like a, a part of Spotify. It's a separate app, right? So don't, don't go looking for it inside Spotify. Maybe it gets there eventually. And but, you know, it's just Spotify green room, separate app, go in there, find you, you know, either find you with with Brandon uh, with an A or uh, or Seahawker. And then you follow you. And then it then it works just like locker room or at least at least we think so, so far, where when you went live, I saw that you were live and and away we go, which is which is rather nice. And then, Brandon, I know we're going to be diving into we're going to continue our 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 thesis here, our series of looking at the the top three players position by position in in our with our rivals in the NFC West. And before we get there, I had two quick things I didn't want to hit on. Number one, John Ursua knee injury to start off practices. No, I, I'm, I'm I'm disheartened that the slotness monster can't be out there. I'm still a truther. I'm hearing great things about other wide receivers, but I'm disheartened that Ursua was not out there. Was that also today? Do we know, or is, or is that just is that over already? Well, mini camp is over as of Thursday. Oh, and so, yes, out of all the things that you wanted to talk about that came out of mini camp this week, it was, in fact, John Ursua and not being able to participate because of a knee injury. So <laughs> right off the top. Well done. Yeah, just da- daggers, daggers to the soul. What else is new, right? Cruel world here, a cruel fate. However, I did. I will say I did enjoy the uh, the recent locked on Seahawks with Corbin Smith. Talking quite a bit about Penny Hart and Penny Hart having uh, pr- apparently a real, a real great, you know, a week there and standing out, which I like. Hey, it's getting to be a crowded wide receiver room. Penny Hart's uh, standing up tall, saying, "Hey, this is this is I still got a spot on this team, so you got to go take it away from me, D." And I think Eskridge was also a little, little banged up this week too, so I don't think he got much, much role this week as well. I believe. No, none of those guys. No, Jamal Adams as he's recovering as well. Also excused for a family thing. Also working through a contract. So, yeah, there's. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? We are about seven weeks away from being able to develop these preseason crushes. This is that that is when it's going to start when we get to see them get on the field for that week one preseason game. I feel like it's like, you know, uh, like Black Friday every single year, like it, w- it was always a day and then it became a week and then it became like a month. And then it's like, oh, it's July. So it's a Black Friday sale. Like things just keep on creeping and creeping and creeping forward, forward, forward. So I- I'm an emotional person there, Brandon, as you know. So my 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 vibes and my my crushes uh, r- run early and they run deep. So I wanted to bring up, you know, the fact that Ursua wasn't there and I'm still pulling for the dude. I still believe in the guy. We'll see how it shakes. And I did want to give you an opportunity also to make sure people knew about 1212 and what's going down in Houston, because that is going to be a blast. 
Yes, for those of you who are part of the flock at getintheflock.com, uh, you may have seen that we we posted the block of hotel rooms that we're going to be staying at. And so the details are up there, getintheflock.com. And that's going to be the away game that you and I and Adam and we're all going to be traveling to. And uh, yeah, so looking forward to that. The home game that we're going to be going to, I don't know if you're going to be going to that one, Clinton, but uh, Titans, that one's on the calendar as well. Yeah, and that one got a little bit harder, right? We talked about that with uh, with with Julio, with AJ and JJ. That's a that's a pretty dynamic duo now. And uh, maybe I look a little bit dumb for saying it. I didn't want Julio Jones because now we get him week two for our home opener. No, I don't think I'll be out in Seattle or at, you know anywhere that that far west uh, at that point. But maybe I will. Maybe I could swing a a Microsoft conversation or T-Mobile. Uh, both folks I work with in my, in my other life, and they could get my butt out there. That'd be fun. Well, it will be a fun time for sure. And we're going to have some fun today, Clinton, because we, we are, are continuing to rank the top three players at each position within the NFC West. And we have on defense the defensive backs left. So we're going to split out the cornerbacks. We're going to split out the safeties. And then because we need a third position group, we're going to throw in just special teams units as a whole and talk about them as well. Yeah. And I love how I was like, we'll do, you know, we'll do, we'll do corners and we'll do, you know, we'll do the safeties and we'll do special teams. And we're like, not that we couldn't have carved out the nickel corners, but we're just, we're just blowing through with, Hey, if you're a corner, you're a corner, you're a corner. So if you're a nickel, a big nickel, whatever you might be, you're getting lumped in there. And, and you know, that, that's the way it's, that's the way it's breaking because we are going to be talking special teams because it, to me and you, it is important. All right, Clinton. Well, let's kick things off with cornerbacks. And I think this is probably the easiest one to pick the number one top guy. We, we've run into this at a couple different positions, quarterback, interior D line, tight end. And when it comes to cornerbacks, uh, when you have maybe the top guy in the league, uh, it, it makes it easy to rank out with the NFC West as well. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and get it right out there. It's Jalen Ramsey. Boo. Uh, Yes. And, and also, yes, it is. And it's, you know, it's not just the name, you know, it's like, Oh, you know, he's, he's the big star and he's the guy that's been there since Jacksonville. And it's, it, it is the stats and it's watching, it's watching him drive Metcalf bananas for an entire game in 2020. Uh, I got a little better later. I think the second game was a little better for Metcalf, but that first game Seahawks strolled in at six and two, um, the Rams just kind of basically had their way with us. That was the game where I think Metcalf didn't have a catch until like either deep into the third quarter or start of the fourth quarter on like a little, almost like just wide receiver dump. Um, some things from Ramsey real quick. He let up eight receptions week one. Okay. To the, to the Cowboys from weeks two through 16, a game 16, he, he averaged letting up 1.6 receptions per game. And in 11 games last year, he was 25, 25 yards or less for the dude he was matching up with. It's, it is what it is. You know, like we, I, uh, I don't like to gush about Rams players. So I'll, I'll stop the gushing. However, he's by far the, he's by far the one here and he is an elite CB, maybe, maybe the best in the league, but that's probably up for, up for more debate. But in the NFC West right now, he's the king. Yeah. Hands down when it comes to the NFC West and uh, you know what, yeah, even if Sherman comes back into the division, I, I suppose that's the case. The The one thing I'm sure people will point out and say, well, he doesn't get any picks. And I, I feel like it's the same conversation that we had with Richard Sherman after he got to the top of the mountain and people just stopped throwing his direction. So, yeah, he only right. had one interception last year, but that's because nobody throws his direction. 
Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it's st- still one more than than someone we're going to talk to a little bit later. <laughs> one of our, one of our guys we're going to talk about. So yeah, it, it's I hear you, and uh, you know I did look at some ints for some of the dudes that may be like on the bronze medal. I was like, you know what? And I have I think I got a good pull later on one of them where they had a nice season int wise, but you don't get the ball thrown your way that often, and uh, and away away it is. It's just it is he shuts down a, a whole whole freaking side side of the field. I'm with you. Sherm, Sherm might be on that podium if if he was landing with one of the NFC West teams. Obviously not there right now. Um, but there are still, you know, at least two to three other dudes that I think are jockeying for the silver and bronze and then the podium in general here. Well, I jumped right in and took the number one spot. So I'm gonna hand off, I'm I'm gonna hand off number two to you. Okay. So I think it could go a number of ways. And I'm only, I'm, I'm going to make this decision so that I'm not slobbering over another Ram. I'm not going to go back to back Rams. I'm just not going to do it. Um, he might be the second best and I don't care. I'm still going to give it to Jason Verrett of the Niners. Um, Verrett to me, like watching that dude last year, we talked about him quite a bit last year when, and it's Sherm t- talk about Sherman. Sherman would, would, you know, talk about gushing. He would glowingly throw his love at Jason Verrett I look at that dude and it's like, to me, it's simply, is he healthy? Like when he's been healthy, dude's drafted in 2014, had an outstanding 2015, got real banged up and dinged up, just kind of knocked around a bit. And then last year, healthy season, to me, he is a remarkable cornerback. And I think he's got like, I don't know, they want to call it the most fluid hips, whatever you want to say about dudes, everything they're saying about Trey Brown being like a sticky, you know, sticky cornerback at the senior bowl. I saw that on the NFL level, week in and week out with Jason Verrett. So for me, it's like, hey, asterisk, when that dude's healthy, I think he's an incredible cornerback. So I'm giving some love to Jason Verrett. He was my number two as well. And I did put healthy Jason Verrett in uh, <laughs> as the qualifier because, yeah, he, he has that capability. And like you said, it, was, it, would, it would have been tough to go back-to-back Rams. But I also, I, I went... Verrett there too, because I think Darius Williams, who would would be my number three then, yep. is uh I I wouldn't put him at two just for the fact that, you know, he why didn't I put him at number two? I don't even remember now. Well, I mean, I think I think what you're saying is he gets the benefit of being across from from an all pro. He does. Right? And, and there so are, and there in are... terms of in terms of pass breakups, he gets a lot of opportunities because they're throwing his way versus Jalen Ramsey's way. And, and and so it does give him the opportunity to increase his numbers in that respect. But he's also really good. So it's it, you're, you're weighing those two things. Uh, I, but I, I do think you're right. It, it does benefit him to play opposite of Ramsey. Sure. And it's not like his fault, right? That's just that's the situation he's in. But he did have 14 passes defense last year. He I was kind of actually surprised. I thought he was a little younger. He's actually 28. Not that that's an old man by any means, but it's all, I think he's only entering his third year. So he was like an older, just, an, you know, an older dude when he was kind of coming out of college. I believe he was drafted by the Rams. You know, Ravens. Uh, he, he, yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, the R, the Ravens. Right, Ravens. Yeah, sorry. The other Ravens. R team. Um, the other R. That, that's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. He allowed 34 receptions last year, which to me, again, is like, if you have a shutdown guy on one side and they're obviously, if they have to target somebody, they're going to target you or, or target, you know, your nickel and, and your linebackers. Um, I, 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 he is on the podium for sure. And he was definitely for me a close number two, but I was with you. It's like, okay, you get the benefit of having, having the big dog across from you. So that guy's taking the alpha guy and then 
And hey, man, Darius is, is a is a good cornerback. Clearly, I think we're we're on the same vibe here that it really is not that close that the Rams are the best cornerback duo, uh, you know, bar none the NFC West. Yeah, and another note here. If you're thinking, oh, the Seahawks, you know, with Trey Brown, they drafted him and he's only 5'9". A 5'9 corner can't play outside. Well, Darius Williams for the Rams is playing outside corner opposite Jalen Ramsey. And he has been yeah, he, like he's on our top three and it just obviously the guy because, you know, we could have done the Homer thing and, and sure. put DJ Reed here. Um, but to be he's, he's still got to be outside. And I think one of the reasons why uh, I looked at him a little bit differently too is because he was a restricted free agent going into this offseason was part of the reason, you know, the ramps picked him up uh, on waivers from the Ravens. And so he had that restricted tag going into this offseason. The Rams put a first round tender on Williams hmm. to, to make it so that, Hey, if you're going to come in and pay this guy, you're going to have to give up a first round draft pick to take him away from us. Yeah. Which, which is, that says everything you need to know about how they, how they evaluate, Williams at this point in his career, which is which is pretty sensational. I'm very happy that we made it through our corners and we didn't name the player that shall not be named. And that's that's a that's a good he, thing. We can leave him. I, is he even in this division? <laughs> leave him. Leave him right there. <laughs> I will. I will give a little love to. Uh, I think it's a, a Kawan, right? Kawan Williams of the Niners. Um, just a, a good a good nickel and and quite quite a good you know quite quite a good corner in his own right. Uh, however, the other the other guys kind of just were more standout-ish. And I think when you're trying to do an evaluation like this, it's going to skew to the dudes that are on the outside that just kind of have more numbers that pop versus a nickel anyway. Yeah, those guys are the the ones that aren't as good. They're going to see less time on the field and probably just come in in nickel situations. Yeah, that that's likely what's what's happening there. And but of course, the league is going to more and more nickel packages and more of that big nickel package. And and away we go. So it's it's still a it's still a descending and accelerating position of value within the league. Which is cool. So we'll we'll watch it this year. Maybe it's something we could revisit and talk about nickels as as the you know as the year wears on. Well, let's move on over to safety. And sure. safety was a topic of conversation this week. I mentioned it off the top with Jamal Adams sitting out this week with a potential contract dispute. Although, if you listen to Pete Carroll, I I was optimistic, but just hearing what he had to say, it, it sounds like good vibes. And uh, and yeah, good vibes are always. Good to hear when it comes contract time. Yeah, good vibes, great oldies, right? It was, it, but it was. You're right. It wasn't. It, it was just. Hey, we're. It was more like we're close. Was was the, the flat, flat out vibe that I got. I was say hey, we're. It's progressing. It's amicable, and we're close, which could be, which is a heck of a lot better than it's bitter and there is a you know a gigantic chasm between both sides, and there's no Twitter leaks from agents you know shouting that kind of stuff either. So. And they're not finding him for missing time or whatever, whatever they're saying his time is off for. I just think his time is off because he's, he wants a new contract and I think that's okay. Um, but and he's that, recovering from injury and uh, you know, he, he may have a family thing according to Pete. Let, let, let him have that time off. However, Brandon, I got, I, you went, you went first with, uh, with Ramsey. That's the easy one. I'm going to throw a wrench in here and maybe get some tomatoes thrown at me and say, I think Buda Baker might be the best safety in the NFC West. No, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think there's a lot of, there's some debate here. Let's put it that way. Um, solo tackles. Buda Baker is a machine out there. 92 tackles over to, what did Jamal Adams said, 50 something, uh, something like that. Buda Baker, two sacks, of course. Jamal Adams, 
funny when you look at sacks. You can go on PFF. It's like he's got 11 sacks. You go to NFL.com. It's nine and a half sacks. Like I, I you know, I just P- say he's PFF right around nine and a half do or ten. Half sacks. That's that's why PFF numbers will be different. They say gotcha. if you get to the quarterback, that counts as a sack for you. There's no splitting sacks with other people. Okay, well uh, that that's that's pretty stupid. Okay, I understand that. Uh, now <laughs> I understand that. So nine and a half sacks. So for you, it's Adams. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> in terms of okay solo tackles i i guess that's one number that you can look at but uh, tackles for a loss is the biggest mm-hmm. number that i look at and in terms of safeties jamal adams is the clear number 1 you look at sacks he's the number 1 if if there was a okay john johnson not with the rams anymore yeah he was an outstanding good. coverage safety yeah and so if you were going to pick a guy and say well I like safeties who cover better than than other safeties. And to me, Jamal Adams and Buda Baker in coverage, there's not that much difference. So I I don't I, I can't put Buda on top just based on having better coverage ability. Okay. And and you're 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 winning this argument, you're bringing me to this side and I am actively changing my ballot. I'm scrubbing <laughs> out Buda Baker. I'm chasing him down, dare dare I say, from behind and I'm I'm leapfrogging with Jamal Adams. I'm feeling it. Can we get one thing? If there's one thing to add, besides maybe a little bit better coverage this year from Jamal, I, I love Jamal. I think sign the dude, pay him the 16.5 or 17 mil per year so he's the top guy, get him for four to five years, make it happen. Besides a little, maybe just a year or two improvement in some coverage, what's the one thing you think that I would want from Jamal Adams that we didn't get last year? I would want more picks. He, he dropped a few of those like, that were right to him. Yeah, you want more because he had zero, right? So, um, and, and, I, and I'm with you. He, had, like he, had, he had 18 broken re- fingers, though. So, I, <laughs> you know, it's tough to catch the ball when all of your fingers are turned sideways. And that was at one time, too, which is just an anomaly, but, uh, but amazing. But he was, his shoulder was blasted out. His fingers are all busted. I get all that. I, you know, like, let's get, let's get one or two. Just, he had a couple right, right in his numbers this year. So that'd be, that'd be a nice thing to get. But I'm with you. He is my one. So, was Buddha your two? Yeah, Buddha was my clear number two, and it, uh, it, it, I guess it was close in in one aspect. But to me, I, I just think he's so darn good too. And the Cardinals made the right move to pay him. The Seahawks made yeah. the wrong move when they passed up the opportunity to draft him a couple of years back. And a big part of that was because they had just paid Cam Chancellor, and you're and you're hoping that the guy has a few more good years left in him. He has the unfortunate neck injury that takes him out of the game. But man, if if they would have had the opportunity to make that move and have Buddha at safety and then, you know, maybe you don't need to make that move and right. the, then giving up two number one picks to get Jamal Adams. Um, it, it hurts a little bit, to, especially considering the school that Baker came from. Yeah, yeah, they 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 obviously knew of him and had plenty of uh, plenty of chances to go to go evaluate the guy, right? Really close. And that's okay. I still like the fact that hey, I could look at this year's draft and say our number 1 pick was Jamal Adams. Hey, how's that feel? Feels pretty freaking good, Brandon. It does. It it feels good and we're going to yeah, I think we're going to see a better Jamal Adams in 2021. Uh, you know, again, health is an issue, but Man, I just I I have a hard time thinking that and I listened to the SB Nation uh NFL show, the the yeah. national show, 
you know, the, these promotional things make it into the feed somehow. And when they're controlled by a 49ers fan and they just want to spend five, 10 minutes bashing Jamal Adams, there's nothing I have control over here. What you know, what we have control over. We have control right now to say, I'm going to I'll take it and see, see if you agree that bronze medal. I'm going to go over and say, you know what? We don't have we don't get the free. we got some strong guys here. But what about the free safeties? I'm going Homer here because and I've got some data to back it up. I think Quandre Diggs deserves to be to deserves to be in the in the bronze here, not Jimmy Ward, not from the 49ers. I know there's different numbers that that you could make an argument for Ward as well. However, I I think Diggs, in the fact that he has to go play with a guy like Jamal who is blitzing a lot at the line a ton and exposes certain things, um, I think it puts Diggs in that much more of a, of a situation of like, holy crap, I got to lock this thing down like Batman's got Gotham. And in addition to that, you go back and look, Diggs had five interceptions last year. He had a darn good year. He had a lot of solo tackles. So I am taking Diggs and putting him right in that bronze medal and saying third best safety in our division. That's not a homer pick. That's the correct pick, Clinton. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Eight interceptions uh, in just 21 games in Seattle. It's all about the ball. It's all about Quandre Diggs at number three. Jimmy Ward was my alternate here, too. But just two interceptions in seven years. So yeah, and, you, and you're a free and you're a free where, where like that's that's where you, you should be getting, you know, your hands on the ball quite a bit as a free safety. So Diggs does and Ward, pff, you're at least fourth. <laughs> you're out. The the thing that impressed me, uh, especially with regard to Jimmy Ward, was last year he missed only two tackles, and that Oof. is impressive for a free safety. Yeah, no, that's that's beyond impressive. <laughs> Let's call that what it is. That's great, right? That is great because there's been games where our dudes miss, you know, where our safeties miss multiple tackles in a game. So that's that's incredible. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was an impressive feat, but more Pro Bowls by Quandre Diggs, more interceptions. That's what edges them out to get that number three spot. Closing this out with special teams, number one on my list. Clinton, you know, it's got to be the Seahawks because yes. and I again, when when you start to feel like you're going a little bit homer with your pick, you want to make sure you have the data to back it up. And right. I have the data because you got the Seahawks with their with their outstanding newly signed punter locked him down for a four year extension. So Michael Dixon going to be punting the ball for the next five years for the Seahawks. Last year, the Seahawks had 32 punts inside the 20. Good for best in the league. Not only yep. that, third best in the NFL in net punting yards. But, you know, special teams isn't just about punting. It's about kicking field goals. You got Jason Myers, who made 100% of his field goals, and only two kickers did that last season. So you got Jason Myers, you got Michael Dixon, and then I guess the concern would be, you know, who's going to be returning punts this year? Tyler Lockett, he kind of moved on from that last year. DJ Reed, who knows now that he's going to be starting. He kind of took over for David Moore. David Moore is gone now. DJ Reed, does he take that full-time role, or is he going to be the guy uh, who takes a step down now and because he's going to be playing outside corner. So question about who's going to be returning punts. That might be the only question in terms of coverage unit. Uh, the Seahawks are, are again, uh, they have a solid coverage unit, whether it comes to kickoff returns. They weren't among the, the, the best, but they weren't at the bottom either. So uh, I but I think having the two kickers is what puts them at the top. 
I'm with you. And no, no shock there. But again, not not uh, not being a homer with this one. And with the the kickoff guys, you know, DJ Reed did a very nice job stepping in. That will be interesting to see if, if he has to relinquish it. I would like to see him still stay at like punt returner. And then maybe it's D. Eskridge or Freddie Swain that gets to do kickoffs and, and we'll figure it out from there. Yeah, kickoff returns um, don't matter. Not not much, right? They really yeah. they just I mean it's maybe maybe once a game you, you get you get to return it. It's 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 so diminished, which is a shame. Uh, but with punt returning it, you also, you know, you also choose your own adventure there. A lot of times you are fair catching it. Um, so you're able to kind of gauge how much risk you want to take there. With, with, and, and DJ Reed seems like a pretty darn smart player. And he was a very good punt returner. So we'll see what they do there. But yeah, man, the Seahawks as a package, that is by far and away the number one, too. And that's just database. That is straight up database. And then, you know, I looked, Brandon, I went down the list here. You know, it's funny. We did all, we did all these evaluations and we didn't really talk throughout this entire series, we didn't talk that much about the Arizona Cardinals that much really at all. There wasn't that many spots where it was like, ooh, the Cardinals dominate this spot. And I'm looking at this and it's like, I don't think they're they're either not on the podium or they're scratching for a bronze. So to get back to the top, it's probably the Rams. I mean, Hecker is still- Really? Hecker's, Hecker's still Hecker and Mac, Mac Gay's a pretty, a pretty good, I mean, Hecker is older, but still good. Matt Gay is a, you know, average to good kicker. Um, now, I don't have much to say about, you know, you brought up the, the coverage. I think they were pretty bad in coverage last year, though. Is that correct? They, yes, they, you know, it was actually Arizona who led the league in terms of the average opponent's starting position. The, the teams that played the Cardinals, they were starting out at the 23.3 yard line on average. And so to me, that was enough to put them at number two because they got Christian okay. Kirk as their punt returner. So, yeah, we're, we're divergent a little bit here. Um, but, yeah, I, I think historically with Hecker, uh, as good as he's been. But last year, he was the seventh worst in the NFL in terms yeah. of his net punting average. Yeah, he, he slid a lot. Now, I like that you brought the other data for Zona because that that is that's huge. Starting position certainly matters. But I also look like, you know, very average punter and they have Prater who is just like, you know, just old, old, old man at this point, old as dirt and, and just not, you know, certainly not in the prime of his career at this point. So I don't think, I, I think what we're getting at here too, is there's, there's a long distance between the Seahawks special teams and, and the kind of the rest of the, of the gaggle here. Matt Prater at 36, you're calling him old as dirt. When, you know, you got old man Adam Vinatieri retiring here this, this past year. <laughs> well, I mean, also Prater didn't really have that great of a year, right? Like his, his, his accuracy percentage wasn't, yeah. wasn't yeah. that good, right? So it's, uh, and it's not like he's kicking in unfavorable weather, you know, like he's inside. So eight games a year, he is where he's at. And then, and then at least once a year, he's sitting in LA. The Niners typically have good weather. Like, you know, so how many times is he even kicking in a situation that's like grass and, and crap? That that combination, it's, it's maybe a handful, and he wasn't that accurate. So yeah, and yes, I I would probably point to the Cardinals in terms of their punter kicker combo as the one that I yeah is, is probably the worst in the division. But when I when I saw the the starting field position, I I thought I'd give some credit to the rest of the team, and also in terms of a punt returner, I I think. Kirk for me would be the guy, the, the next best guy in the division that I'd, that I'd want to have unless, well, did Debo, did he return punts in his rookie season? I didn't see much of him last year. 
I don't, yeah, Debo just does not stay healthy. So I, I, right. I don't know. I don't know. Well, he's the dude, the dude's always got some, some foot and ankle issues and, uh, it, it's bad news bears. If he does get healthy with Ayuk, which you've talked about quite a bit, but he's, he just has health issues. And then we didn't talk about the Niners yet either. Talk about old, like Robbie Gould, he's on the downside too, right? So you, you have, you have the Rams with Hecker who's on the downside and Matt Gay, who's average to okay. Mm-hmm. Robbie Gould is just now at this point, okay at best and, and old. And then Zona, I don't know, they're kicking combos. Meh. It's, it's, it's okay. So it's, I, I, you know what? I like the fact that you threw Zona a bone. Let them have second place, the silver in special teams. That's nice. Okay. Well, we'll go with that. I, I did put San Fran on my list uh, for no particular reason, but uh, other than having, I think, you know, a pretty good punting and kicking combo. So yeah, it's yeah, uh bad. And an outstanding long snapper. I mean, how can you how, how can you go wrong with that that San Francisco 49ers long snapper? Well, and the, also the 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 punter, his name's like uh, Wishnowski, right? So that's just a fun name. Like Wishnowski is like you know some, something that a, a, a sergeant yells yells and bellows through the through the halls of a detective agency, right? Like, Wishnowski. So <laughs> that's that's a plus. Yeah, Richie James, the punt returner for the uh, and yeah, kick returner quick. for the 49ers. Yeah, he's pretty good. So. Yeah, he's, um, he's quick. I, yeah, I, I feel pretty good with them at number three. And uh, sure, no, I, I'll go with it and say anytime we could we could uh, poo poo the Rams a little bit, even if it's <laughs> even if it's special teams talk, and even even if it's by a smidgen, I'll go with you. You know, Rams, <laughs> you're off the podium. You stink. Well, we are recording live via Green Room on Spotify, and uh, I don't know. What do you say? If anybody else wants to come in, raise your hand. Otherwise, uh, I know Phil's here, and he's he's been crushing it here these past few weeks. So, oh, we've um, been loving. Yeah, you with us, Phil? Good afternoon. How are y'all doing? There he is. There he is. Hey, Phil, what's up, dude? We've been we've been thinking about you since since our last uh, our last time together, and uh, and I got to tell you, Brandon and I have, have really been enjoying the flavor of the pain game. So, welcome welcome back once again. Well, last yeah, last week we were able to. Kind of ease the pain by imagining inflicting pain, and then Brandon was able to pronounce that word that I can't, and uh, <laughs> the sh- Schadenfreude or whatever it is. But uh, you, you so nailed now, it this week, Phil. Is that is that really it? I wasn't sure. It okay. is. Yeah. Good show so far, and I guess we have a new app. I thought there was going to be all these Android people jumping on that were that were really sad that we only had Apple options, and I didn't notice. I didn't. I didn't see them. I know. Where are they? Well, uh, something that I, I mean, I actually enjoy it. It sounds weird, but it's, uh, it's, it's something I end up doing a lot is having time at the hospital and, uh, trying to encourage and help people when they're going through a lot of pain. Uh, and that's actually when you're there, what they end up saying a lot is not only wanting help for how they're thinking and all, but a lot of times they're just in a lot of pain and you can see if they could just have the pain go away they want something for the pain sometimes they get the little button where they can bump it and other times they have to ask and and then sometimes they can mix up a pain cocktail but other times you're only allowed one or the other so it's kind of like an opportunity cost and i know a lot of the pain games end up having an opportunity cost where you got to kind of choose what you're going to go with what's going to work for you and so tonight's game is called something for the pain give me something for the pain and I won't try to be Steven Tyler because that would be painful to everyone. <laughs> um, 
nobody wants to hear that. But anyway, so I got I got a I got a couple on here, and then I, I know Clinton's big on the nooks and crannies, and so I have one nooks and cranny stat bonus if we get to that at the end, just see if we have time for that. Uh, and then typically I have where there's nothing but uh, multiple choice, but here I, I thought I'd let you guys uh, kind of use your own thinking. We've had a lot of time to think about Shane Waldron coming in, and that's been a hot topic. So here's the question. Something for the pain. How can Shane Waldron most ease your pain from last season? Any pains you might have had toward the offense? How do you believe Shane Waldron might most ease your pain from last season? One word answer. What doesn't have to be one <laughs> word. You could do a sentence. Adjustments. I, I can boil it down to one word, and it is yes. adjustments because... That was one of the things that I struggled with the most, especially in the second half of the season, just watching what the Seahawks, seeing them struggle week after week with the same exact things. And I, I felt like we we talked about, you know, adjusting to what the defense was doing, take what the defense is giving you. And so I was really happy when I heard Tyler Lockett this week talk about that in his presser. Must be the Kalispell wavelength, because that's kind of what I've been thinking as well, Brandon. Yeah, no, great, great answer. And I think when you were saying adjustments, my my brain was going towards um, the I, trying to get to the one word of like, uh, it's hard, but like vision for basically giving Russ the the okay. It's more than one word to take what's given, it right? To take to what's there. And yeah, well, you know, Brandon said sets a one word. Brandon sets a precedent there. I'm trying, I'm trying to follow. I, 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 I threw down the gauntlet to <laughs> Clinton. Did, I did. said, I can do this it's, in one word. Like, I, I, can, I can name this song in 17 notes. And Brandon's like, oh, yeah, dude, one one note. Sweet home Alabama next. I'm like, damn it. Damn it. He's good. Um, so he says, give me the adjustments pill. Yeah. It's, so it's a pill for me. It's like a little nuance on adjustment and is like last year. I mean, all we hear is that like, oh, we didn't adjust. We didn't adjust. and and that. That's it. Sounds right. And when you go back and watch some of the film, and you watch people like Matty Brown and others break it down, there was also lots of times where like Russ just didn't did not take what was given. Like there were opportunities to take the underneath stuff, and Russ didn't take it. So so you know it, it's some of it is some of it is certainly adjustment because I do think that's the main culprit. But if I had to put like a, a sidecar along with that or like a shot that I would take with that beer, it would be like instilling in Russ that the check down, that that easy check down is a damn fine winning play, especially one that's what they're giving. So I know it's a bit, a bit of a take on what you okay. said, Brandon, but I, I would I would progress it to that for me. Yeah. And I think Jeremy in the chat, I think it gives another variation of it too, saying hot routes, because I, he says, I was sick of the defense showing blitz and the offense is still sending everyone deep. And I think a part of that, too, goes into one of the messages that I heard coming out of minicamp this week. And that was tempo, because you get to the line yeah, that, that gives the you the word. time to, to yep. make those adjustments and and be able to hit those those hot roots of the receivers when you when you start to diagnose the defense. So a, a good one from Jeremy. So behind the scenes, Brandon, if I had if I had done multiple choice, it was going to be something along adjustments or tempo. So mm. those are going to be those are going to be the two choices because it's kind of frustrating that our team seems to take the longest to get to the ball and then get rid of the ball after it's snapped. Like 
So deciding between tempo and then adjusting to what the defense is doing, both of those things, you'd certainly think a intelligent offensive coordinator could actually make some big improvements there, don't you? <laughs> you know, and how how could they not see that? I felt like Pete could see it toward the end of the season. We can see it as fans. So how do you how do you see that and not make it happen? As and I suppose that's why uh, somebody no longer has a job. I suppose. Sure, and those shouldn't have to be at the cost of the other. That could be the pain cocktail we all need: tempo and adjustments, and just imagine the offense. Right? It does feel kind of chicken or the egg, though, in terms of tempo and adjustments. Because if you improve your tempo, then that gives you some of the time to make adjustments, right? Line yeah. adjustments. Okay, very good, very good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so now we'll go back to a multiple choice here, and think about pain. I would say because of Russ's pain. He has inflicted some level of pain on his teammates, potentially, and some maybe the O-line, it could be a little bit hurt from some words. I'm not sure, but how could Russ best ease his O-line's pain from off-season comments that were made? Not saying just from his mouth, but from uh, things that people have said. How could Russ best ease his O-line's pain from off-season comments? Okay, these would be quite different. A Take more responsibility off the field, press conferences, thing like that. Just take the blame when sacks happen, such. B, some clarification only behind closed doors. Or C, an entirely different one, on the field, get rid of the ball sooner. Well, I'm trying to find the one that is the most effective out of all of them. And I think uh, it could be recency bias, but... Yeah, but I, I like I like C there, Phil, because I think that if if we're talking about tempo and we're talking about taking what taking what's given, and then if we're talking, hey, what could Russ do on the field that actually uh, equates to positive change, um, maybe le- less hurt feelings and mo- more touchdown celebrations and more scooters for the offensive line come the end of the year. Uh, I think that is getting you know getting rid of the ball sooner, which equates to not taking so many sacks, which equates to him not you know, having to go, go and, and complain about in the, in the off season. So I think they, they all kind of domino from there. So I will take door number C, get rid of the ball a little bit sooner there, Russ. Door number C it is. Yeah. I, you know, for <laughs> a, I think a doesn't matter. I think okay. B is a good option because leadership behind closed doors, it, it can go a long way in terms of you know, just getting on the same page with the guys. But I also think that Clinton is spot on with C because what makes people feel better? It's having that payday. And how do you get the payday? More money. Yep. You and and you get more money by allowing fewer sacks. So if you're getting rid of the ball quicker, you're making your offensive linemen look good. Your offensive linemen look good. They get paid good. And that's what makes them happy. I'm with you. Yeah. He could say all kinds of stuff, but they all get paid more if he gets rid of the ball quicker. And uh, and I I just want to look at you know Tom Brady for all these years. Yes, there's tons of there's tons of praise to to go to the you know Patriots offensive line coach for all those years. It was like finding dudes off the scrap heap and guys they just drafted, and then they're they're in there and they're playing at Pro Bowl levels. Okay, that's cool. And I think a big honking factor that entire time is that they had a quarterback who got rid of the ball a on time. And B, when it wasn't there, got rid of the freaking ball. <laughs> like, and that, and that's what he's done for his entire career. So I think, Brandon, to your point, and Phil, what you were getting at too, is 
there's such an opportunity for for Russ to make that the old line look that much better when it comes to PFF you know, things of that nature, mm-hmm. because the sacks will just go down if he's getting, getting rid of the ball. So I, I, I could just look at, look at Brady. He's done it his entire career. He's made those old lines look pristine for almost two decades now when sometimes there are a bunch of no names. Okay. Too much Brady talk. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, fair, all right. Fair. Okay. So over to the other side of the ball, over to the other side of the ball, we did not make a change on our DC. So what specifically is Ken Norton Jr.'s defense, so Norton's defense, what specifically does it need to accomplish in September and October to rid the taste of last year's dreadful start? So something for the pain. What specifically did Norton's defense need to do at the start of the season to ease your pain or concern that pain might recur in 2021, given last year's dreadful defensive start? What? We know what do they need to just, I'll just jump in. Yeah. Phil, Phil, I'll just take it. I don't, I don't need, don't need no stinking multiple choice. For me, it's when we got Dunlap, the entire schema changed. We, we could get pressure on the quarterback and do it consistently. I think they solve for it now. So I'm not sure it's, I'm not sure it's a, it's a, it's a Norton thing so much as figure out, here's the thing, figure out the way to keep that, that defensive line, the, the most effective and, and, and fresh as possible and generate the most pressure on the quarterback as possible early on the season. Get out of the gate the first 46 games and put the rest of the NFC West and the league on blast that you come to play us, your quarterback is going to be chased around like Mahomes was in the Super Bowl. That that cures a lot of ills in a defensive backfield, especially our corners, that I still think have a huge question mark. So that's the one thing for me. So drilling down... Do you prefer four beats five type style, or do you want lots of creativity in uh, pass rush play calling, Clinton? When oh, you're talking about, I, I mean, that's that's a good question. It, it, when whenever you can get it, you know, four beats five is the way to go, right? So that if I think we have the front four that can go do that, however, and we do have Jamal Adams. We're gonna do stuff. We're gonna we're gonna blitz. Maybe Jordan Brooks is, is blitzing a bit more this year. We'll see what they do with with uh, with, um, uh, with with Daryl Taylor. Right? They'll be very interesting. Like, is he is he in the Bruce Irvin role? Is he is he coming off the edge more? So I think we have a lot of different interesting options. However, if it could be four beats five, yeah, all day four beats five, and then hey man, third and twelve, and Adams comes screaming off the edge and the quarterback is, you know, rolling out 10 yards and dump and just has no place to go with it. Fantastic. Let's do, let's do some of that. I'd love to see less Adams on the, on the blitz and then more situational blitzes where, where he's, he's even that much more effective with his rushes. I don't even need to go. Clinton nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, like, listen, when you, when you choose door number C, Brandon, it's all, it's all there, baby. Look, the Seahawks have a fever and the only prescription is more pass rush. So that's, more that's the answer. Rush. Yes. Just like uh cowbell was needed. We need pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. If we see frustrated opposing quarterbacks, our shot and Freud uh, that I can't say uh, <laughs> will be high and we'll be enjoying ourselves. There'll be no pain, no pain in the room. All right. Did you guys want the nooks and cran nooks and crannies stat? question let's do it I, I think we're here let's do it yeah nooks and crannies you guys talking dbs what needs to improve most and i think you have to focus on one or the other a little bit as, as a db group last year's yak was pretty terrible 
And uh, that's 1,909 yards. 1,909 yards were given up on Yak. That's not great. And we had 14 interceptions, which was, you know, okay. What would you like to see improved most? More picks or less Yak? Ooh. Again, it goes back to Pete saying that's all about the ball, but I, I do wonder if the corners are are have that capability to play up enough to reduce the yards after catch if they'll be able to ultimately also get more picks. And so I'm, I'm oh. by, by saying one, I'm saying both. But I do. I, was I do it think that way. I, I do think that that fewer yards after the catch. I just you know. The thing that kills me, Phil, is when there there's a third and twelve, and yes. mm-hmm. the the guy's in position to make that tackle. It's a five yard pass, and you're thinking, okay, yes. just bring the dude yes. down, you know, allow the five yard gain, and then they give it up, and it's thirteen, fourteen yards, and that upsets me more than any dropped interception. Uh, I'm, I'm right. with with, uh, with Brandon on this one, 100 percent too. I th- and again, the first eight games of the season were, were our offense was on fire, but but our, our D was we got to go back and watch some of that film. It was bad. It wasn't good. And there was so many, so much uh just little screens and little 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 wiggles and little flags and and tons and tons of room, way too much room until they you know got got more pressure on the quarterback and, and made and made them get yep. get rid of the ball sooner, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I'm with you. I think less yak would, would be the thing that actually brings, bring more positivity than say a few more, a few more picks this year. And Brandon, why not? Let's take both, get the less yak, get the more pressure, get the picks, you know, like the Averill style in the face of Manning. And then, and, and then away we go 43 to eight and we're celebrating. That's what I'm ready for. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, it's a little bit of philosophy, right? I mean, if you're going to, try to go for the pick you get it there's no yak every time you get a pick count on that but if you if you miss it and it's completed then that guy's gone behind you but if you get to where you trust your pass rush a little bit more then all the options are on the table but uh so yeah pass rush seems to be the the big pain pill to solve all agonies and i think all that yak probably came in the buffalo game anyway when uh dunbar was out there digs and Oh, uh, that game! Yeah. That game is still my my most painful yeah, from Shaq, last year. Not only it was just terrible, was but I also got like a yeah. But Buffalo is pretty good, exactly. But I got a very good buddy in town, giant Bills fan. And I had to hear it. I'm still hearing about it. So, uh, no, 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 no mas, no mas. That game was a tap out. All right, Clinton. Well, what do you say we get on out of here? I I am just getting ready to launch the latest episode of the Seahawkers podcast too. So, if you want more Seahawks talk, look for that SeahawkersPodcast.com. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some some Russell Wilson press conference. I have that quote from Tyler Lockett that we kick off the show with. So I, I hope people enjoy that. Yeah, I, I love what you're doing. Keep keep up the great. And it was fun to hear to hear Tyler just open up a little bit as to why this is different, why it feels different, what what they think is coming. And he said the F word, the F word. Right. He talked about I think you I won't I won't I'll tease it and say the big F word was shared by Lockett. Now you got to go listen to Brandon's next the next pod to find out what the F am I talking about? <laughs> All right. Well, then I, I think with that, Clinton, <laughs> there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.